to the Guinness World Record holding Bondazi Fire! That's right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Fondazi Fire, and this is a show that asks a simple question, what do you want? Now, normally the answer would be more fire, but since this is a podcast, we're going to be giving you the ins and the outs of how a world record holding fire performance group operates. Today, we're going to be discussing Tales from the Road, and in order to make this conversation complete, we are joined by Romy and Joe. Hey guys, why do you use a by stage name? <laughs> you can say that's why I get called. I have a stage name. Tell Names me. are interchangeable on a podcast. Today we are talking about tales from the road, things that we encounter as we are on the road as Fondazi. So we've been traveling to different festivals now for what six years. It all started when we went down to the Pirate Festival in Iowa. That was the beginning of our road career. And back then, a um, the Pyre Festival was a smaller, smallish festival, talking probably attendance of, what, three, 4,000 over the weekend? So Sounds about right. Yeah, and at that point, we really didn't have a clear idea about what we'd bring on the road. But, you know, we brought all the props, obviously, uh, minus a trailer at that time, I believe. Yeah, we uh, strapped everything on the top of the van or yeah. inside. We, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we took a tent bag at one point and filled the props yeah. in the tent bag and then strapped that to the top of the van. And then we, we would have to, like, stop and get out because we'd all be lightheaded because of the fuel smell. <laughs> especially, <laughs> yes, the ride home was really a challenge at times, especially if the windows couldn't be down. And the hoop rattling yeah. on top of the, remember that? <laughs> kept banging on the roof the whole way. We had to keep pulling over and tightening it. Yeah, actually, the first time we ever had the trailer was uh, the box trailer. But at that time, it had picket picket fence sides. Uh, My brother gave it to me for free. We took it to Michigan. Right. And that was with, uh, we had just hired on Trevor. And we were going to take that that road trip to Michigan. That was the first one with the trailer. Mm -hmm. And we just uh, threw everything and strapped it down. And That's what started our love of the Texas Roadhouse when we're on the road. That's true. We discovered Texas Roadhouse that trip. Very true. I just discovered one right up the road, actually. What? Yeah. Yeah. You have a Texas Roadhouse up the road? Yeah. I should have mentioned that to you yesterday. You mean like Woodbury? I think so. Yeah. It's right up the road. Yes. <laughs> we just thought we mentioned it again. It's closer than the one in Michigan where we started going to Texas Roadhouse, that for sure. True. And the reason why, at this point, we haven't gotten into like our actual procedures when we're on the road is because when we did Iowa, when we did Michigan... We had no procedures yet. Uh, those came later. Actually, it really came with the trailer. Once we had the trailer available and uh, Chris and I had built it as a box that could travel and be relatively waterproof, it got to be a point where we started bringing her along more stuff. And then we started bringing like every prop, all the fire extinguishers, all the safety blankets and everything else came along with us at that point. And new things. And new Cause, things. Cause on the road is where we often will find what works really well like our trash cans yeah yeah the trash cans were founded on the road brett do you want to tell the story of how we came about using metal trash cans for fire extinguishing purposes i like how they almost have a persona the trash cans (laughs) the trash cans (laughs) well here's another here's another thing that doesn't have a name either the trash cans are just their own thing those are things are so beat up (laughs) 
<laughs> they're like the aliens on the Muppets. Yes. They don't have names. They're just the aliens. They're just the trash can. <laughs> uh, we were performing, and I forget what number was going on on stage. It was Fire Dance. Uh, fire Dance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we finished Fire Dance. Katie went on to do the next number. All the props were backstage. And let's back that up. The backstage area <laughs> was actually just the road behind the stage that all the patrons were walking on. Right. And we ended up roping it off as best we could. But still, you know, we couldn't completely block the road since that was the main one. So we did our best, but it was tight. And all the props coming off stage... And set back there that had been previously used, still fueled a bit, were all tightly packed in an area as best we could do. And unfortunately, with uh, Fire Dance, that's where all of our props are in use. <laughs> and they come off and go on very rapidly. And in this case, one of them came off. I forget which one. But as it came down, it was put down a little too close to one of the other props, the hoop, which then reignited. And it just, like magic, <laughs> all of them go back up. <laughs> this is also the weekend that I forgot to get the fire extinguishers filled. Yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, all of our props are burning. We have one extinguisher that's almost empty, and the other one's completely empty. And, uh, yeah, just a couple towels. And Adam looks at me and goes, you look like you got this. And he runs back on stage. <laughs> and there's patrons now <laughs> circling up looking at me as I'm frantically trying to put these out. And they're on stage. So I'm coming off as Adam's passing me to close out the show, and he just says, fire, big fire, <laughs> as he passes me. And I'm like, what? It was it was awful. But when I came around the corner, you were fine. You had it. Yeah, you it was had gone. It. Oh, and what you didn't see was that it was windy that day, too. So as I was getting the props out, suddenly a wind would come by and blow a flame back that would reignite the other ones. So finally, what I had to do, I think three or four ended up reigniting that I got out. And so I finally had to get them out and just start really separating them. And everybody's watching going, is this okay? Yep. <laughs> That's fine. All under control. And I'm just... Uh, yeah, that was that was something. Um, I used, I think I had one blast of the extinguisher. I had the two towels that were getting fuel soaked as I'm trying to put them out, so the towels are going up. And yeah, thankfully so, though, I think I think that event is a really important event though. Like that that really sucked to have that happen. Like we had had safety measures in place that we followed. We normally had separation of props. Like it wasn't a normal practice to have used and new props or extinguishing areas near each other. You know, extinguished props typically go far away, but we are super limited on space. We're in a place that we had never been before. And the extinguishers were cached and we didn't know about it. And, you know, we were trying to do the best with what we had. And a lot of our current safety procedures came out of that event. It's true. Um, so one of the things that most immediately happened was we needed to figure out a new way of extinguishing large props rapidly. And so we went to Menards over the lunch break and found metal trash cans. The thought I had in my head is like at like a military base or places where people smoke, you might see those small metal trash cans filled with sand. And I was like, well, if it works as a butt extinguisher, maybe it'll work for fire props. And so we got the, what, 50 gallon, <laughs> the big ones. And uh, yeah, turns out you throw very large props in there and extinguishes in about one second, 
as it vacuums all the oxygen out of the can and, the and can crushes goes. the sides. So we got we got trash cans out of there. Now we have four trash cans that we use with sand <laughs> yeah, in the bottom. Sand yeah. the bottom. And then, yeah, we've gained, we're up to the three fire extinguishers that are typically with us when we're on the road now. Yep. And we have our safety towels. We have the safety fire blanket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have options not to put props on on the ground to light like leaves and dry stuff during the fall. Yeah, we moved to using a welder's mat for that. So that was a huge win too. Um, I think one thing worth reiterating is it's not just that festival. Every festival we've gone to, you know, it we, we put out what we need and require in terms of safety and a stage. But a lot of these festivals are put up so quickly and they're on such tight deadlines and they're dealing with so many changes in terms of cast members, entertainers, things like that, that what we're told and what we end up getting are two different things. <laughs> and so when we show up, we have to make a lot of changes with a very short amount of time. We have a show starting in two hours and we find out our stage area is a pile of sand with hay all over it. <laughs> dry and now we've got to suddenly clear that or in this case our backstage is non-existent and so you know we we do our best with what we have and we we do take safety very seriously and in that case it was a circumstance that was unforeseen and in most cases wouldn't have been an issue but in this case since it was an issue it worked out really good because it helped us learn from it and make a lot better uh, accommodations for the areas we go to in the future. Yeah, and that's actually a really good point because as we've encountered more and more festivals or just organizations putting on uh, events, uh, we didn't know what was going to be supplied, what was going to be available, and it got to the point where even power was scarce in a lot of places. Uh, it's just encouraged us to buy and bring with us as much as possible so that we can pop up and be a show. You know, it started with, let's get a banner big enough that he can basically make a backstage. Yeah, we got the backdrop right there. We brought our own, we got our speakers because we started needing sound everywhere that we went. You know, we started at the the, uh, Sherwood stage at the Renaissance Festival. We didn't have to worry about sound. It was already there. Right. But we started going to other festivals and we had to start buying bigger sound equipment and then stands for that sound equipment and then the banner to go between it and then... I think when it comes to power, uh, the, the, power, the yeah. turning point with the power is when we got hired by REI to do a show and Adam was explaining that we need power and they said, no problem, we've got you covered. And we get out there and they have this, um, it's called a Yeti and it's a huge battery. It's a big, battery. It's a big lithium ion battery. Yeah. And uh, Adam was like, we need one. We need one. And so now we have one. Your eyes when you saw that thing. <laughs> It was. <laughs> I never remember that. You talked about it, it was the like whole way home. Opens open, oh, just like oh, so my. impressed. I was like, "You're kidding me!" Because you know, we plugged in. We did two two shows for them, and the battery went down from 100 percent to 99 percent. And I was like, "Yeah, we need one of those for sure," because <laughs> it makes no noise. It just sits there and powers all the equipment. And then we we did the Maple Grove uh, tree lighting festival a few months later, and the the only accessible power someone had to get a ladder and go up a street mm-hmm. lamp to plug us in, and then run a hundred foot cable. And I was like, okay, now can I buy the Yeti? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, so now, yeah, we bring power, we bring sound, we got a backdrop, we got you know multiple ways of extinguishing props that we bring with us, and then everything fits into a trailer, which is now trailer two point because we outgrew the first one. 
And now we're talking about trailer 3.0. Because you immediately overfilled the second one. <laughs> immediately. As soon as I got it, it was full. It was. And now I'm talking with uh, Brett last night, actually, about making uh, stage portable stage platforms. And I was like, if we're going to have these, then we definitely need another trailer. Okay, well, yeah. if we get a bigger, bigger trailer, then we're going to have to make sure there's room for a smoker inside said big trailer. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Clearly. that's true. Because obviously a what's left is we have to be able to feed ourselves while we're on the road. So we need a smoker that goes along inside of it. Just a trail of smoke on the highway <laughs> as they're cooking. <laughs> <laughs> well, the beautiful thing is the Yeti, the Yeti can power the smoker while it's sitting inside the trailer. It's true. We already have power. You just got to have the worm feed going. It's also it's connected Bluetooth to your phone. So you can be controlling the temperature of the smoker in the trailer from the car. How much better can this get? Yeah, I, think we thought I just can't it. wait till the day that we go to do a show and the Yeti is out of power and we have to <laughs> sit there and figure out who went overboard on making the food. <laughs> who used the Yeti? Yeah. <laughs> hey, that thing's been smoking for two round. days. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, you'll thank me later. <laughs> okay, so Worth back it. on the road. <laughs> Yeah, we were talking about being on the road. We were talking about being on the road. Yes. Um, so, like, uh, Teresa was with us. We did the um, the ice carving festival, the ice festival up north. I think that was Detroit Lakes. Yes. And I think I think that was a really good, like, iteration of us being on the road and what it takes to just drive up, put down stakes, go into the hotel room, you know, get set up in the hotel room, first and foremost. And then uh, how we divided and conquered to make sure that the stage area was set the way we needed it to and also interacting with uh the people putting on the event oh absolutely and you know uh, the unusual circumstance of having a field of ice to perform on you know that is its own challenge for creating a stage space when you're on ice and snow and i mean they threw down uh, some sand for us but still yeah. it was interesting but it was a great performance the more you try to explain to an event coordinator what you need for a stage, the harder mm -hmm. it gets. So I, I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, just give me like 30 feet wide and 30 feet deep and we'll come up and we'll set it up. Yeah. Um, because they had, they had that circle, that circle, uh, a block ice laid out in a fire pit. Yeah. There used to be a fire pit in the middle. And so they thought, you know, you guys will just be inside this 10, 15 foot circle of ice. And then everybody else will stand on the outside of the ice blocks. And it's like, no, no. that is way too close. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> We're going to push them back another 15 feet. Yes. We want our insurance carrier to know that we said push back 15 feet <laughs> every time push back 15 feet yeah and Please. so we're just you know basically just tell the event coordinator we got it uh we're gonna be here we're gonna face that direction come back in 30 minutes the stage will be set you'll see what see what we're doing at this point we have our <clears throat> own stakes and our own cautious cautious tape yeah it's caution tape. Caution tape. <laughs> it's very cautious it says fire line do not cross because People think caution tape is an invitation to cross it, to cross. <laughs> but we have we've done similar things before when we've gotten to festivals where they have put us in places that is just unsafe for various yeah. reasons. Too close to the audience, too close to something that says flammables, keep away. Flammable, no, no fire. Yes. No fire. <laughs> or as Brett mentioned, the hay bale. Or, yeah, hay bale. So we've had to change where we perform because the environment is not safe. Bryce, you look like you want to say something. I'm just... I, I, 
it's not an outdoor festival, but we had an indoor gig. And I remember I had to explain to somebody that, no, we can't put the stage in front of the emergency exit. <laughs> We're not going to be doing a fire show in front of the emergency exit. No, that's not going to fly. <laughs> that is a very unwise choice. <laughs> but it's the things, you know, you would think. And sometimes I think the entertainment coordinators have so much going on that this stuff, oh, yeah. you know, just kind of slips right through. But it, it is it's not. Yeah. It's not for them to decide. It's our insurance. We're the one that needs to know how to set up the stage properly. And so as much as possible, like I for for out indoor gigs, even like uh, last year, I, I appointed you as liaison of like, hey, go and explain to these people what we need, because we have it all formatted out emails, how to talk to the fire marshals uh, and get what we need so that the show can happen safely. Well, also with the indoor venues, having the lighting at the right level so that they get to see the fire. It's got the right mood, but it's not blacked out. So it's like performing in the dark and have to catch all those crows against a black backdrop. That's its own challenge. That is its own challenge, which also brings up the point that sometimes we've had to rewrite shows because we get there and we realize something is in the way or we're going to smoke out the audience or something that causes us to change things. Yeah, ventilation plays a factor. Oh, huge. So we've had to rewrite entire shows as we get to a venue. Yeah, we well, we have to write a lot of shows. Like last year when we did the REI show, it was, hey, we're kind of on an incline. It's ice and snow. What what numbers can we safely perform? Not for fire-wise, but safely perform and not hurt ourselves. Right. Which numbers start at the back of the stage and end at the front of the stage? <laughs> <laughs> what? I do laugh every time you hurt yourself, though. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think that um, in Marishka, you try to put the fire uh-huh. fire close to him so he gets burned a little. Yep. Is it Marishka that you stick the fire in my face? Yes. Yeah. There's a there's a few of them. There's a there's oh, a yeah. The main thing in Marishka, we we come together and put all our staves in the center, vertical, and I always lean mine just a little further so the fire is right in his face when it's a hundred degrees out and high humidity yeah. at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival. <laughs> Yeah. It's true love right there. It gives me some joy. We're all hot. We're tired. I'm sore. But that little moment makes me really happy because I see you go, ah! It's just this heat blast. This one's for you. Well, there's also. There you go, buddy. It's not not even the only time you do it during that number. We start out the number Uh with me standing in front of you, backstage of you, and you will put the staff. Like, my staff is in my right hand, Uh and you'll take your staff and bring it forward and put it right on my left side. So I'm just standing between the two infernos, and I'm like, you, oh, I'm going to kill you. And you can't do a thing about it. In all fairness, you told me that that is a really hot spot to be standing in. So once you gave me that information, of course I had to make it worse. Don't you want more fire? The first time I remember I did that, you know, my back was to the audience. So I come up behind you and I go, I'll just put this right here, buddy. (laughs) I heard you groan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
my cheeks hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Uh, but I think that's important. There's little things, you know, especially uh, Minnesota Renaissance Festival is seven weekends. We do five stage shows a day out there. That doesn't include the off stage shows we do. Uh, and, you know, we, we do the same number a couple times a day. That is a lot of repetition. And we have to treat the stage show as if it's the first time we're doing it, even though we've done it over and over again. So we, we come up with little ways to keep ourselves entertained and to make it new and exciting each time, but still having the same level of professionalism that the audience sees. So well, well we're maybe messing around a little sees. bit with each other. The audience doesn't know. So it's, you know, it helps us get through things. At least it helps me get through things. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel better. Well, I think the audience yes. benefits from it completely, so keep doing it. Yep. It ramps Adam up, and then, you know, the whole show just gets you the next level. <laughs> yeah. So does everybody have a favorite place that they've been on the road? Um, my personal favorite is Nebraska. It was beautiful. It's a great festival. And it's nice and shady, and there's, like, a lot of little hollows and nooks and crannies in their property. It's really nice. Yep. That's the road where the... Uh, Trash cans come into play. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> it's also the same that festival. One. We've we've since fixed the backstage. Yes. Yes. It was much better when I was there. I don't know if it was just because I was there. <laughs> it it could have been. I definitely like performing in Nebraska. Um, that's been a really great place to go. Um, each festival has its own unique thing. I love the the Amana Festival down in Iowa because we've been back there so many times. Yeah, that's actually one of the only festivals I feel like we actually know people at. Um, <laughs> it's true. Yes. We're kind of antisocial to everybody else. Like, we come, we perform, we leave, we go get steak and go back to the hotel. We don't. I think it's less antisocial, more we're exhausted. Well, yes. And we put everything into the show. That is true. And so it takes a lot of energy to make new friends. <laughs> right. Well, but at Amana, we've, we've been on the same stage with the same actors for now six years. Right. So we've gotten to know <clears throat> them. Mm-hmm. We have. And, you know, people are out there doing different things. You know, we're coming out and we're doing multiple fire shows throughout the day and then have to go get cleaned up. Other uh, yeah, other true. performers, I mean, that's their festival that they do once a year. And they're camping out there and they're hanging out with friends and they're local. And, and it's a much bigger, uh, bigger weekend for them because it's a much more special weekend for them. Whereas we're just kind of passing through doing right. our show. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's definitely different. That is very true. We're just a visitor. <laughs> <laughs> we are visitors. Well, at I mean, and usually we don't get in, get into town until Friday night at one. Oh, gosh. Yeah. When we roll into town one. on Friday and one in the morning. Saturday morning. That Sleep is... for a couple hours and then go perform by the that and the The worst the one had to be Michigan. Like we traveled through the night. Uh, I think I worked on Friday and then we got got done and we left. And, did I work on Friday? You, it was, you and Alan did both. Yeah, Alan and I worked. It was over a twelve hour drive and we drove through the night. We got in and time we went through time zones, so we lost an hour. On the way there, and we had about two hours, I think, before the festival began when we rolled into town. That is true. However, I don't think that that was the worst one. The worst one was the one you weren't at, but everybody else was. Oh. It was when we went that down. That was really hard. Okay, that was a hard trip, but the event itself was one of the most amazing events. I, I absolutely like was moved to tears at that event, but the trip was really hard. So we went down to... 
Indiana. Indiana to do uh, their Special Olympics at, it wasn't Indiana State, was it? It was, yeah, I think it was the, was it the Hoosiers? It might have been Indiana State. I don't. I was cross-eyed. I don't remember. I don't remember. I remember we had to leave after everybody was done with work for the day, and we drove through the night. We got there at like seven in the morning or something, and the our contact uh, she ended up having something happen with her phone, and we couldn't get a hold of her. So we were walking around for a couple hours trying to figure out where to go and what to do, and we were debating on getting hotels because we had taken turns driving through the entire night. Right, well, we actually ended up rooms. in hotels. Remember, we we went, we were walking into a hotel room when we finally got a hold of their contact because we were yeah. supposed to be having a room and board as part of uh, the gig that we had set up. Yeah, but not reaching, having been there, we were getting hours away from the gig and needed to get some cleanup and uh, a little rest. But then, when the event itself actually took place, it was the opening ceremonies. It was in a big stadium. There were. The bleachers were full all around. It was a rather large stadium. I think that's probably the biggest crowd we performed to. And it was just a very moving ceremony. And then we got in there. And to have that much noise reverberating around you was just like every performer's dream. <laughs> They're all clapping for us. It was pretty amazing. It was absolutely amazing, Adam. It's too bad you weren't there. <laughs> yeah. By Sounds far the guys. best gig Fondazi has ever done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then we saw we had great tacos afterwards, and then we saw this beautiful gothic building. And sorry, I couldn't be there, guys. You and your you had to do your normal job, life, and job. Mm-hmm. And I was doing continuing education that weekend. You were, yeah. And we were eating tacos. Oh. You're a bird tower. <laughs> there was pretty good food at the course, though. I gotta say, <laughs> those doctors know how to do it up. <laughs> um, what other traditions have we picked up from the road? <laughs> Um, one of my favorite traditions is when Brett and I, somebody will come over and want to talk to whoever is in charge, and we just say, have you met Adam? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we walk away. Yes. And we laugh. That's a fun one. That well, is one of my favorites. We picked up that start, though. <laughs> that started because <laughs> at the cleanup, you would go talk to the client, and, eight, and Katie and I would have to do all the cleanup. So then we took advantage of that and started pointing people towards you. So you kind of dug yourself that one. <laughs> I didn't think that's what happened. Oh, that's totally what happened. Uh, that's not how I recall the story going. Yeah. Uh, He'd say he'll be right with us if we could just start cleaning up. And then by the time we realized he hadn't come around and he's still standing there talking to the client. Sometimes he'd just stand around waiting. Somebody <laughs> has to talk to the client. Somebody has uh, to be the liaison. Katie warned yep. me about this when I went on the road and it happened when I was on the road with you. <laughs> so it's not a them problem. <laughs> It's an Adam thing. <laughs> I would like to talk about the trip down or the trip back. Because inevitably, whenever Adam, Brett, and myself go somewhere, there is a storm on the way back. And we get stuck in it. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we've driven through our fair share of adverse weather. Uh, there was the time that we were coming back from Iowa. And Romy, instead of putting in Minneapolis, put in St. Paul to the the MapQuest or Google Maps or whatever. And so Minneapolis would be a straight shot on the highway, straight north. (laughs) But St. Paul, oh, I have a better way to get you there through the middle of the country. And so we pull (laughs) off the highway onto the backcountry roads, you know, undivided highway between the farms. Meanwhile, tornado weather is rolling through that area. You can actually see like the black yeah. <laughs> clouds starting to like turn. Black clouds, hail's coming at you. You're pulling a trail of light trailer <laughs> behind you. It was so much fun. I think that was also the trip you got us a ticket. 
Uh, might have been the same trip. I got picked up by a uh, a plane, a radar plane. Oh, fun! Nailed it. Nailed us on the Adam, way back. Adam from was Iowa like, "That's once. not us." I'm like, "There's a fun Aussie trailer. That is so awesome. <laughs> you can't get out of it." Yeah. Should not have put the big because logo it, on top of the trailer. Showed the picture. It's like, oh yeah, that is so us. Got pulled over going to Nebraska. Which we didn't. That was when I didn't have or my license was expired and you didn't. Have That's when I found out my wallet was at home. Yep. <laughs> Left on the road without a wallet. Wow. I was like, oh, we figured that one out, though. Yeah, he just gave us a warning. He was very nice. Yeah. Well, that was uh, we seen like another reason for getting a new trailer is like the the electrical systems on the trailers. We replace them. We rewire the entire electrical, new lights, everything. <laughs> problems every single trailer we have seems to have problems so hopefully on the new trailer i'll make sure it has a solid electrical system yeah seriously Powered <laughs> by the yeti yeah, yeah. So that's why we got that's why we got yeah <laughs> we don't even hook it up to the van anymore it's just independently powered <laughs> you just made bluetooth magnetic lights that are all connected to your phone right hit the lights right turn <laughs> so when uh, when we go on the road we don't just Go for, like, we don't always do weekend ones. We'll do show here and there. And I don't remember what show we were going to, but I do remember that the tire blew on the trailer and we didn't have a jack. So Brett and Adam just picked it up. Yeah, that was, we were going north. Yeah. Uh, it was a small in-town gig. Yeah, we didn't have much time to spare. <laughs> and the the tire blew and i knew what it was right away because the tires were getting to look like they were going to (laughs) blow and so yeah pulled over and brett i was like yeah i have a tire right here because i kind of anticipated this was going to happen and but yeah brett and i just lifted it up and katie changed the tire (laughs) worked out well easy peasy (laughs) (laughs) that's why we deadlift uh we picked up we picked up the claw necklaces on the road, actually, the claws that we wear on the show in the show that hold our microphones, uh, we picked those up in Michigan, didn't we? No, the first, I thought the first we, ones. We okay. saw them in Michigan. We decided we liked them, but that was after we left, and then we found them again. We did buy the hatchets in Michigan, though. <laughs> yeah, we had we got bought hatchets and had them engraved while we were in in Michigan. Aww. Yes. Yeah, mine broke did. after one throw. Apparently, <laughs> 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 they're not. This is great. I'm going to learn to throw this thing. I threw it. It just boom. Oops. <sighs> what else? I don't know. What else? Um, we actually managed to talk nonstop for like six, seven hours when we're driving, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, we don't typically listen to the radio or kind of groove out as we're traveling too much. Mm-mm. We just. To have conversations the whole time. You'd think we'd run out of things, but we haven't yet. Well, no, and now I'm now I'm excited of like, can we can we start up a podcast and just record a podcast as we drive places when that happens again? Probably <laughs> all the editing. Probably will be able yes. To. <laughs> <laughs> Short answer is yes, but <laughs> we hope to travel more. Um, we have been in contact with um, Texas, Colorado, Arizona, Pittsburgh. We're hoping to. Get us out to a couple weekends at a couple of the bigger festivals like Minnesota. Yeah. Well, the, the challenge becomes, and we're acutely aware of what it takes, as we spoke earlier, to stage a fire act. And most of these festivals have not been built in such a way to house the size of fire act that we bring. Uh, Minnesota is kind of uniquely situated because there's always been a fire act on the stage so it's it's always been a concern things are set up that way so that it's a relatively safe stage to have as much fire as we put up there 
Okay, what's uh? We actually heard my favorite festival, and mm. but I don't think we heard anyone else's because then we went off and ranted. Well, not really ranted. Well, I started talking about Iowa. We went that way. Yeah. Can I can I change my answer though? You want to change your answer? I want to change my answer. Okay. <laughs> okay. My answer is actually Baraboo. I love Baraboo. I love performing <clears throat> in the Hippodrome, and I love being at the Wisconsin Dells. Yeah. Yes. Uh, there's something just super surreal about performing in the Hippodrome where, and being in the circus world where you know, like the great Barman Bailey's, that's where that started. And you're there performing that when they would, you know, where they would have been. And you're just looking all around at this amazing ceiling, the hexagon that it is. And it's like, cool. I was here. I'm standing here where there was like people way back when the famous traveling circuses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of history in there, which is what makes it so exciting. Oh, it's it's absolutely electric. And the way that they set up a hippodrome so that it bounces the volume everywhere that it needs to go. And every the lighting is perfect in there. The acoustics are perfect. It's just so great. It is absolutely amazing. We will be posting pictures on our Patreon of us in the carriage house. Making really weird faces and silly things. Um, they have a, a whole museum of old circus wagons, and it just—you can feel the history in there. Like Joe was saying, you can feel the weight of everybody that came before you, and it just is really, you know, humbling and amazing. Well, thankfully, our our traveling is a lot easier than theirs. Yeah, <laughs> we just need to paint. The minivan, so it's like a circus wagon. <laughs> Car- carve some oh. elephants into the van. I would like that. Let's do it. Yeah, I have ideas. <laughs> well, I, okay. We heard okay. we heard Katie's favorite place to visit. Where are other people's places? I I think Baraboo's right there as well. I, I really enjoy it. I, is it the downfall? Is the timing? It's so oh. cold during that time of year that that's the only thing that kind of. Um, is the downer, but everything else is a huge win. The Hippodrome, the, the crowd that we get to see out there, the area. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's my number one. Well, I really enjoy uh, a gathering of rogues and ruffians moving to Circus World. Before they were there, they were in New Glarus, and it was it was absolutely magical, the place that it, you go down into this grove. But very, to very get, secluded. It's very secluded, but in order to get down there, you have to go down this very steep hill. And one year, the rain was so bad that everybody was getting stuck going up the hill. Yeah, so it was. it's at the, the park. Is just an oval track, basically, at the bottom of a, a, not even a hill, because it's a hill on three three sides and then a prairie on the backside. And so you have to go down the gravel, big, steep gravel driveway to get in there. But yeah, it had been raining for about a week or two straight ahead of time. And vendors all have to drive down there to drop off their stuff. They can't just carry it in. Performers are going down there to, you know, bring their equipment down. And then we roll in with a Yukon XL and a large wagon behind us to set up our stage. And <clears throat> we got everything in there just fine. Dropped the wagon and everything. But at the end of the weekend, because it continued to rain throughout the weekend, we go to pull the Vardo out of the mud. And it was incredible that it even made it out. We had to take everything out of the Vardo and set it on the ground. And then 
pull it in four wheel drive as fast as possible from across the field and get up as much speed to get through this huge bog, just throwing mud everywhere. Yep. It was so much fun. And at that point, as <laughs> we at the end of the at this point, everybody in the festival who was left um, packing up was helping us. They yes. were taking the things out with us. They were making sure nobody's in the road. They were cheering us on. Like yep. it became this like a community <laughs> thing to get us out of there. It was yeah. It was yeah stressful, but yet at the same time, it really kind of showed the community of people that work at this festival, which is very small and very wonderful. I've never been so worried about flipping over the trailer, though. Like, I knew the Yukon was going to be fine, but I'm thinking, man, this Vardo is really top-heavy and could totally just pitch over in the mud. So I was gripping the wheel tight that time. <laughs> but that was the last year that we were there, wasn't it? That was the last... Well, after that season, I mean, the grounds got so destroyed that I don't even think having the festival back there was an option. Um, just because they're like, we didn't plan on this kind of traffic and damage, which is totally understandable. So they, yeah, they damage. Plus, it's just, <laughs> just describing a Yukon tearing through the mud and feel full speed to try to get up a hill. <laughs> it was great. could have possibly damaged the area. <laughs> there was not an option. <laughs> and plus, it had been growing, so it was time to move yeah. to a place that it was more accessible off the highway. New Glarus is kind of a is an hour off of 94, so it's a little bit more challenging to get to. So they opened the audience up by moving it to Baraboo. But there was really good pizza in New Glarus. Yes. If we can't find Texas Roadhouse, I try to look for pizza afterwards. And then pasta. We, we, and then um, tacos. Basically <laughs> then tacos. any food. I'm going to be realistic to spend any food. Yeah. Arby's. Arby's, smoke shakes. That is some of my favorite is at the smaller festivals when we have had to run out because we've had to do it before and we need something. We will try to get Jamoka shakes. We have bought so many different things like in the middle of the day to make a festival happen. Like I and not just small things like I ran to Guitar Center and bought a whole new, you know, thousand watt speaker to come back and like, hey, now we got we got more speakers. We got more sound. Yay. Yay. Uh, we did that. We got the trash cans in the middle of the day. We've had to run out for fuel in the we, middle of the day. We've gotten the pop-up. Yeah, we've gotten so hot pop, and so sunny. pop-up tents. Run to Walmart, grab a pop-up tent. Mm -hmm. uh, tons of water runs. Yep. And that's usually when we try to make sure we have a Jamoke shake. Right. Because when it's if hot. Gonna, if you're going to be out. Yeah, those emergency runs are never, never good. By the way, this is not a commercial. We are not associated with Arby's. We just love Jamoke shakes. <laughs> <laughs> But we wouldn't be opposed to being associated. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Anybody from Arby's is watching. Yeah. Texas Roadhouse, will you sponsor us? Texas, yeah. Texas Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Let's get that. If Coleman or Crown Fuel is looking to sponsor a fire group, we would be happy yes. to pick up that sponsor. We'll say this is, uh, we are very happy. When we go on the road. Um, I think that one of the things that I loved about going on the road um, was discovering all the different pockets of the festival communities across sparse Midwestern landscape, that there are these very vibrant artisan communities that exist in all these different states. I mean, to be quite honest, my experience of Nebraska up until working at the festival was driving through it on the way to visit my brother in Colorado. And that is not the most glorious journey on the interstate, but getting off the interstate and getting to actually see real Nebraska, see real Iowa when we were doing these trips and get to meet the people there was really amazing. 
Yeah, I don't think we've ever encountered a community that has not been opening and gracious to have us. It's been amazing to to see and meet all these new people. And we've gotten a lot of many friends from it because it's friends that we wouldn't normally have ever met because, you know, we're in Minnesota and we Minnesota is a really big festival and not everybody's going to be able to come perform there. So when we're able to go out and meet other acts that we've never seen, it's really it's really fun. We always do. We do try to go see other acts when we're at these other festivals that we would never have been able to see before. Right. I kind of feel bad, though, sometimes because we're usually really hot and serious. And I realized, at least with Adam, Brett and I, none of us smile. No, we, we stand like stand dark, there. ominous <laughs> figures in the back of your audience. With our arms crossed. With I realized, too, we crossed. all stand there with our arms crossed, just staring. Yeah. Eyes squinted judgingly. But I think it's mostly because we're hot and the sun is bright. <laughs> right. So we're just glaring at you. And that actually reminds me of another emergency midday shopping thing and complete costume change. One year right. we were at a festival and it was so hot that Katie and I completely reworked our costumes, bought new chemises from the shop that was next to our stage because there was no way that we could live through performing in our regular costumes in the bright sun. There was not a lick of shade on the stage. It was, it was super hot. Again, a community of people because we had other performers making sure we were okay, offering us water, offering to help cool us down, oh, giving yeah. us ice and it was really nice to be able to say we need 100% cotton and we need something else to wear. And they gave us, they pointed us to the right shop where we could possibly mm -hmm. buy something. Yes. And we have one fairy queen that we see at a lot of festivals who keeps us fed and watered. Thank you, fairy queen. You know who you are. Does. The blue fairy. We love her. I think, yes. I think, Romy, we also have to bring up the concept of where's Romy began on the road. <laughs> It's true, true story. That was that was a lot of fun. If you remember, Brett, we were down in uh, Amana, right? Yeah, and they uh, it rained, so they didn't want us to be, or it was gonna rain, one of the two. So they didn't, they thought we want to see you guys perform. So instead of having you on the stage where you were scheduled, we're gonna move you to this uh, this pavilion instead. And the owner was uh, really concerned that we wouldn't be able to alert the audience to the new location because it was going to be the same time, but just a different location. And was it, was it your idea to get lost? Yeah. And I, I said, Hey, I'll go stand up there. You stand down at the stage. And <laughs> Wait, were you at the new stage or the old stage? I stood. So we moved to the pavilion from the stage, which was, you know, viewable. I stood about halfway up the hill so I could point to the stage where Katie was and where we were supposed to be. And then you were down at the original asking <laughs> me what I was doing. <laughs> yep. It was like a voice bucket brigade. And through I'm the festival. Pretty sure we got just about everybody because you guys were so loud. The entire festival at that point was like, learned What's this? where we were going. Yep. Because we're like, hey, what are you doing over there? Oh, we're doing a show. A show? Yeah. But where? We're doing it over here. Over there. I thought we were over here. No, we're over there now. Oh, okay. So when are we doing the show? We're doing it right now. Right now. Yes, over there, over there. Yeah. And it just got ridiculous. We just parroted everything the other person said, but at excessive volumes, just so loud. Yes, there was many <laughs> shopkeepers laughing, just <laughs> laughing at you guys. And then they would try to get in on it, but we were so loud, we just <laughs> rolled right over top of them. Yeah. <laughs> <It> was... <laughs> 
Oh, my my favorite so was fun. the ending well, echo that we would do, where I, I don't remember one of us started, but it, so you're telling me there's less fire over there, but more fire up there. <laughs> If you want to become a Patreon subscriber, pop on over to the Patreon and look for Fondazi Fire. If you have any questions or show ideas for us, anything that you want to know, then email us at fondazi at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to Fondazi Fire Presents What Do You Want on your favorite podcast platform, and we'll see you next time.